Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everybody. This is Vileen Shah, your facilitator for I Love Braille, welcoming you on April the 14th, 2022. This program is sponsored by East Bay Center for the Blind, California, and supported by American Council of the Blind. So once again, welcome everyone. I'm glad we have people joining us from Macedonia, Europe, and also other countries. So with this, I would like to first begin with an announcement, but not before telling you what our show is about today. As you all know, the second Thursday, as I call it, is your day because today is the time when you can ask Braille-related questions. So the title of the program is I Have a Question, and you can ask any braille related questions and your questions will be answered by other participants as well as myself however before beginning this uh i have a question session our participant meryl has some announcement to make so i will hand over this floor to meryl over to meryl Uh, thank you, Valine. Um, yes, um, I would like to announce a special call on April 23rd at 12 noon Eastern, and it's called Global Braille. This is a community call in conjunction with both the International Relations Committee and the Braille Revival League. <clears throat> I am the vice chair of the International Relations Committee, and um, I am the chair of the community calls subcommittee for that international relations committee. And I'm also the chair of the convention planning committee for the international relations committee as well. The call is going to uh, speak about global braille. We, we have many speakers and I can't give you all the names now because it's going to take too long, but they are from, you'll be excited, Valine, uh, India, uh, South Africa, um, and various other countries. And they were going to talk about the production of Braille, uh, the teaching of Braille, um, promoting Braille. And we're trying to get the Braille Foundation from the UK. I've been trying to get them, but it's very difficult. But this is an amazing call that I think everybody is going to get a lot of, out of, and we put a lot of work into it. So I hope as many people can join as possible on April 23rd at 12 noon. Thank you. And it will be on the community call list. Oh, thank you so much, Meryl. And You're welcome. As mm -hmm. I heard you, you are the chair and vice chair of some three or four. Things. I am the vice chair of the International Relations Relation. Committee. Correct. Um, yeah. And I'm also the mm -hmm. chair of the subcommittees that we have for the International Relations Committee, which is um, 
the yes. well, two of the subcommittees, the Convention Planning Committee and the Community mm -hmm. Calls Subcommittee um, right. of the International. So I was wondering how you are able to sit on two, three chairs. I can sit oh, only on I, one I, chair. I, that's not yeah. all I do, Blaine. <laughs> I could write a book about what I do locally, statewide, Perfect. nationally, Perfect. and internationally because I'm the vice president of the state of Maryland. Wow. But, you know, Great. and and the okay. other thing is yes. that. In the Braille Revival League, I'm an mm -hmm. active member as well as being on the Constitution and Bylaws Subcommittee for the Braille Revival League as well. Thank you. Great, terrific. I'm also a member, only member, okay. not so active, but as a member of Braille Revival League. Great. For the great. past three years. So, uh, okay, thank you so and much. And I hope you can get on the call, Valine. We'd love to have you. Oh, thank you. And uh, Meryl, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to stay because I'm going to invite questions related to your announcement first. Okay. And then I have two questions on my slate that people sent me before time. So we are going to discuss about UEB type form symbols and also the CBC code. What was that and all that. But wow. before that, I would request the participants to raise your hands for any questions you have uh, for the announcement that Meryl made. And of course, before doing that, Ter Terry would tell you how to raise your hand and how to mute and unmute yourself. Yes, Terry. Okay, yes. Thank you. So first of all, um, the meeting is being recorded. So you must hit the got it button before you're able to unmute and speak. So make sure you've got that got it button if you're interested in in participating. Particularly right. when you are on the computer, yes. not for telephone people. Correct. Right? Not on the okay. telephone keypad, but yeah. on the um, on yeah. the iPhone and so forth, you do have to do that and the iPad. Okay. So mm -hmm. on a PC to raise your hand, it is Alt-Y. To mute and unmute, it is Alt-A. On the Mac to raise your hand, it's Option-Y. To mute and unmute, it is Command-Shift-A. On the app on the phone to raise your hand, it's on, it's located under the more button, which is located at the bottom right hand corner of your screen. Double tap that and then go into uh, swipe down until you see the raise hand button to mute and unmute. Um, it is in, located on your screen in the lower left hand corner. And on the telephone keypad to raise your hand, it is star nine. And to mute and unmute, it is star six. Okay. That's it. Terrific. Thank you. Michael has his hand up. I can see that. Michael? Yeah. How would, uh, how would we be able to join this the meeting on the 23rd? Oh, I'll, it would be it, on the... Uh, do you get the community call list? Yeah, well, I'm sure you do. The email I do not. That the, no, I do not. Oh, no. so you need to write to community at acb.org and okay. you would explain to them that you would like to be put on the list to get the daily schedule which is a list of all the calls each day um, you need to do that you know as soon as you can and once you get that list it will give you the zoom links um, and it won't be an actual, it, it will be, the Zoom link will be the actual name of the particular call. So in other words, if you see the Saturday and Sunday, that will be 
what's called the weekend schedule because they'll have two days combined. So, for example, yeah. for Saturday um, at 12 noon, it, you put the link, um, you'll uh, do the link that says Global Braille. And that will get you right to the call. So please write to community at acb.org because we'd love to have you as a part of the community because there's so many different types of calls from cooking. I do a Spanish call too, by the way, Feline. I do a, a Spanish 101 call, which I just started facilitating at 7.30 p.m. Eastern every Monday, and people love it. So uh, they have you. cooking, they have educational calls, uh, they have all types of any different social calls, any type of call that you want and leadership calls, which I get on. And so they're do you very cook in Spanish? I'm just kidding. No, so sorry, please go do ahead. that, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. code 970 has their hand raised. Could you please unmute and identify yourself? Hi, my name is Estelle. I'm calling from Colorado. I have written emails to community at acb.org at least twice, and I've never received a oh, response. Oh, no. Uh, so I'm wondering if there's a secondary no, way to get No, there isn't. And I know they're so busy. And you may have to say in the um, body of your message, you might have to say... Um, good morning or good evening or good afternoon and then address the person by name like Cindy or um, Colby, you know, because those are the ones that basically would be the um, ones that you'd really need to have them send it to you. So, like, I'm so sorry for that. Um, Meryl, is it something that uh, please add me to your Yeah, please add me list, to the you know, um, like daily that. schedule e email list for the daily schedule. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what you yes. Oh, and if you I give them your contact information, you know, your email, mm -hmm. you know, your phone number and, and all that. Um, this is Marsha, and I got uh, Colby's number for when she did the Braille thing last week. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. would be a telephone call, and you might get better, I, you know, get better service. Yeah, but we're not allowed to give. I mean, I have it too big. Yeah, we're not allowed to share this kind of information. No. Give it you can out. call the ACB um, headquarters, though, and talk well, to that's them true. there. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And you, they'll give it to you. You can ask for. Colby Garrison or Cindy Hollis, what their uh, numbers are. Yeah, that's a great idea. But what is that number? Could you share that number? Oh, yeah, it's 1 800 424 8666. Oh, that's, that's 1 800 424 8666. Okay. What did you think, say? Uh, Marcia? headquarters. Yes, it is. That's a national. Uh, there's two national offices, but you know, one's in um, Alexandria, Virginia, and the other one is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's where they handle a lot of the, uh, you know, treasury and and other administrative stuff. You know, yeah. Rick Thanks. has his hand raised. Sure. Rick, you may unmute. Rick. Hi, Rick. Hi there. Um, yeah, I, I already get more emails than I can keep track of, and I was wondering if I can get into this call without having to 
uh, ask for an yes, everyday if, schedule. If and you dial the, other question, the well, if you dial the one eight hundred four two four eight six six six, Colby records all of the for people that don't have email, for example. She records all the phone numbers and uh, passcodes and, and meeting IDs and everything for all the calls. So if you call the same number, 1-800-424-8666, and you would um, press extension 1024, and extension 1024, and it will give you like, you know, they'll have different days, like Monday, Tuesday, when, you know, you'll have to skip uh, different options on the phone. And when you get mm -hmm. to the weekend schedule for Saturday and Sunday, it will list all the different calls. And then you'll be able to go to the one for Global Braille, which is at um, noon on, on Saturday, and it will list the phone number, the meeting ID, and the passcode. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and welcome. is that 12 o'clock in what time zone? And you uh, have the, yeah, right. Oh, right. I know you're in cent. Oh, that's Eastern yeah, time. You're on Central time, right? Yes. Okay, so it's noon Eastern is the um, Eastern. all the calls. Okay, so are, our time. All the calls are going to be listed in Eastern time. You know when they're listed. Okay, good to know. Good to know. You're welcome. Thank you, Mary. So much. You're next. Thank you. Hello, um, Colby's. Colby's number is listed every time she. Um, puts an email out for the daily schedule so it's it's not something that's real private oh that's yeah i forgot about that her number is 612-439-2725 that's 612-439-2725 Right. Yeah, that's that's her direct line at the office. So that's yeah. public available. Yeah. yeah, that's not her personal number, but no. Yeah. Right. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Great. Okay. So it looks uh, we have answered all questions, right, Terry? Anybody else has a hand? Um, it looks that way. Okay. Thank, thank you, Valine. Oh, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. and I hope please stay on. on. Maybe we have questions that, uh, Meryl, you can answer. Okay, sure. You are so good, and you've done so much to promote Braille. Thank you um, so much. <laughs> before we take, thank you, before we take questions, uh, for those who are not aware of the changes, uh, let me specify one thing, that uh, until 2016, January 4. Uh, all publication, Braille publication houses were using what we call eBay, that is English Braille American Edition, E-B-A-E -E code. And starting January 4, 2016, uh, they started using UEB code, which is, uh, un what is that? United English Braille. Uh, many people are scared about the new code, UEB. But let me tell you one thing, that the changes made are not too many. The difference between UEB and eBay is approximately 5% only. So it's not so difficult for those who have been using eBay. Uh, therefore, uh, do not get scared and do not hesitate to learn the new code because 
when Merrill talked about global, global Braille, UEB is a huge step forward towards having a global code for Braille users. In other words, I think UEB is a global code. Is that right, Merrill? Merrill, you can stay unmuted yes. for that. Yes. yes. You don't yes, have to mute is. yourself, okay? Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Yes. You're unmuted, Merle. We can hear you. Uh-huh. You got it? Okay. I think so, it, can you hear me? Yes, we yes. can hear you. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. My understanding is that it is, yes, because in all the foreign languages, I mean, it's supposed to be uniform for everything. And I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't learned UEB Braille yet, but I will. Correct. Yeah. Uh, of course, for foreign languages, uh, there are different situations depending on the type of language. But as far as English is concerned, mm -hmm. there are 10 members of English-speaking countries uh, for, uh, I think I should say, International Council on English Braille. That's correct, yes. Okay. So, mm -hmm. and these 10, all 10 members have adopted a UEB, which means uh, if some book is published in UK, United Kingdom, uh, Americans can read or any book published in America or the United States can be easily read by other Braille users in Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, England, you know. Okay. So, yes, and I wanted to say one more thing, Valene. Um, yes, we will have a facilitator for our call uh -huh. And um, Maria Christick is the chair of the International Relations Committee, and Paul Edwards is the president of BRL, and yes. they will, of course, be on, and, you know, they've highly, I mean, and also on the Braille Buzz, I'm going to be promoting it uh, also, but, yeah. you know, they uh, are... This time, uh, we have Judy Dixon, right, for Braille Buzz? Uh, yeah, the Braille Buzz is April 20th, so I'm yes. going... Yeah. Uh, I I wrote an email to Paul and to Jane Corona asking if I could talk um, along with um, Gabriel Lopez Cafati and Sue Bowmaster. They are both on the subcommittees with me for the International okay. Relations Committee for the mm -hmm. Community Calls and the Convention Planning Subcommittee. So we yeah. are high. We are the three and. Maria and everybody, you know, we're really planning all this stuff and working hard and it's going to be an amazing success. But we have we are emailing all the um, participants that will be the panelists, the questions in advance that we'll be asking them so that they will be. Oh, good. Subo Master is here. Can you let her speak about the call as well? Because she's worked. Um, Sue. Can you hear, can you unmute? Sue, it's star six to unmute mm -hmm. since you're on the telephone. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. great. Yes. People have great. been so interested about this, um, Sue, that there's been a lot of questions. So I'd like you to say some more about our call. Um, okay. Well, I don't know what's been said already. I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm well, a little bit late. Well, that's okay. Um, but you can we talk have five about catalysts. What? And it, it's going to cover just about the whole world. When we say global this time, we really mean it. Um, one from South Africa, one who's based in Argentina, a lady who's based in New Zealand, 
uh, a man from India who's been very active in in the whole Braille movement in his country for years, and someone from the Braillist Foundation. And um, that panelist joined us late, so I don't know who that will be. But besides talking about the production and distribution of Braille in their various countries and regions and how they came to use Braille and what it means to them and how they think people use Braille in their in their countries and regions. Um, they, they also not only cover their countries, but the person in Argentina represents an organization. I think it's United Latin American Blind. I don't uh, know. No, it's U, well, it's ULAC, ULAC. It's United Latin. Uh, Latin America. Yeah, I forgot what it stands for, but it's ULAC, U-L-A-C. And that covers um, a big part of South America, and I'm not sure if it goes into Central America. So, And the lady from New Zealand edits a letter, um, it's something wins, it's not trade wins, but that she distributes mm -hmm. throughout the uh, South Pacific. And I think, Oh, East um, Winds, so I think it's East Winds. Oh, East Winds, right, yeah. right, you're right. And so, as I say, yes. not only do they cover Braille in their countries, but they have a broad distribution in their regions of the world. Uh, the Braillist Foundation, I just, I, I only know, is very active in a lot of things and very highly spoken of. So, um, great. We have yeah. those, and people are going to introduce themselves and talk a little bit about themselves and how they got involved in Braille and what Braille is in their. Uh, particular yeah. geographic mm -hmm. regions, and then we're open for questions. Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. And I will Jewel has her hand start raised. Start with our regular session. I'm sorry. Jewel has her hand raised. Jewel. Jewel. Oh, okay. Jewel G. Yes. Hi. So I have a quick question about that call on Saturday. I think it is. Yes. Um, um, April 23rd um, yeah. at noon Eastern. Yes, Jewel. Okay. So is that call about um, English globally, or is it about foreign languages also? Oh, we're not really going to get into the foreign language. I mean, we're just going to talk about. I think mainly English. Yeah, mainly English. Yeah. Okay, because like I'm really interested in like Spanish Braille, Arabic Braille. Um, Japanese Braille, all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. So, That's another problem. There'll be some reference, but I think when we talk about global Braille, uh, certainly <clears throat> English is a prime language, and uh, uh, so much uh, Braille production is made in English. That doesn't well, mean that other languages are not uh, doing that, but not as much as we find it in English. Yeah, uh, I would love to see more information about Spanish Braille out there. Oh, I know. I'm I, I agree Spanish Braille. <laughs> I can. I well, know the accent marks and stuff. So mm -hmm. maybe you okay. can ask um, our panelist from Argentina if you yeah. have a chance to get on the call. He might be able to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, correct. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All we right. have another Thank hand you. raised. Um, so, Belene, it's I area hope. code three eighty six. Could you please unmute and identify yourself? Hey, it's Alan from Delaware. I kind of thought it's oh, Alan. Sorry, Hi. Alan. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, just for anybody's information, any books produced in the UK prior to 2016 did not use the capital sign. It's a little disconcerting when you're trying to read it and you can't see the cap sign. But after 2016, they went to the UEB cap signs. Over. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. 
So that's the beauty of UEB, that now countries among themselves can exchange books and more Braille readers can benefit by that. Okay. All right. So I think I can now take questions. Uh, yes, I can. already have two on my slate. So the first one came from Estelle. Estelle, I know you are here. And that was about dots four or five and then dot two. Correct, Esther? Thank you very much, Philly. Yeah. Uh, because of the sensitivity I have in my fingers when I'm reading Braille, I mostly depend on the content to help me decide where the dots are. I just have difficulty distinguishing them. So I'm reading this book in Braille, and it's giving lists of names of people and their birth dates and their education. And in front of each item, there's this symbol, and I could not figure out what it was. It looked at first, it felt at first to me like an H yes. and a dot two. And I couldn't find that anywhere in my symbols lists. And I thought, well, maybe I'm not reading it right. Maybe it's a four or five and a dot two. And for some reason, I wasn't able to find that either. So I'm wondering if somebody can help me figure out what that symbol is. Okay, great. Okay, so first of all, those who know UEB or those who learn only UEB know that dot four or five is a bold indicator and then dot uh, two is a word indicator, which means that word has been bolded in print. I would like to help most people who are struggling to understand type of type forms, bold, underscore, uh, italic, uh, and, uh, um, uh, okay, yeah, uh, bold, Mila italic. Has her and, hand read. Yeah. I'm raised. Yeah, so uh, th there isn't much to worry about. Many people are a little scared because these type forms in print are uh, reproduced in Braille, and there is a pattern. Once you understand the pattern, it is so easy to remember. And that is, uh, if it is a letter, after the type form, you see dots two, three. So let's take an example of the bold. The bold indicator is dots four, five. But if only one letter has been bolded out of the entire world, then they do it dots four, five, and then dots two, three. If it is a one word bolded, then dots four, five, and then dot one. And then if it is a passage that has been bolded, then it is dot four, five, and then dots one, two, three. So I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's dots uh, four, five, six. Yeah. Dots four, five, and dots four, five, six. Okay. So. I thought the passage was passage, too. yeah. But however, the definition of passage in this case, particularly related to Braille, is different. We treat three or more words when, our, when they are shown in a particular type form, we call it passage. So passage does not mean the entire paragraph as per the dictionary definition, but passage for the purpose of 
indicating in braille any specific type form is treated as three or more words. So anyway, so once again, remember the type form sign. Then if it is a letter, it is dots two, three. If it is a word, it is dot two. And if it is a passage, it is dots four, five, six. Now, if it is italic, then the italic type form indicator is dot four, six. So the italic letter is dot four, six, and then dot two, three. Italic word, dot four, six, and dot two. And italic passage, dot four, six, and dot four, five, six. So each type form is shown by a combination of two symbols. Now here it also uh, prompts me or helps me to mention what Estelle said. Uh, that if you would look at the dots four five and then dot two, it would look like letter H in Braille. And uh, particularly as Estelle mentioned that her sensitivity is not so great, this is very likely to happen. But for those who are learning Braille or are, uh, practicing Braille, one important thing that all of you need to remember is what is called spacing distance. So as you all know that a Braille cell consists of six dots in a rectangular shape. And there are two columns. On the left column, we have dots one, two, three, and the right column, we have dots four, five, six. Between these two columns, there is a little space. And then comes the next cell when you have the entire line or entire word written or entire book written, uh, you know, each letter or a combination of letter in a contracted braille takes one cell and then you go to the next cell. Between the two cell, the spacing distance is slightly bigger. I'll repeat what I said. Between the two columns of a rectangular cell, there is a slight distance. And then between two cells of Braille, there is a slightly bigger distance. If your hands are trained to identify this distance, you will not make any mistake, any error between identifying dot two and then dot one in two different cells or letter H, which is dots one, two, and five. The shape looks alike. There's one thing I said this many times in my explanation that do not read Braille by shapes. The shapes may look alike, but the dot positions may be different. The shape of dots 1, 2, and 5, and the shape of dots 2, 3, and 6 are just alike, but the dot positions are different. Similarly, the spacing distance is equally important. Again, as Estelle said, that you know, she's so right, the dots four, five, and then in the next cell, dot two looks like a letter H, but it's not H simply because the spacing distance is little, slightly more between the two cells. Now, I understand that when, you know, when you have limited sensitivity in your hands, in your fingers, it is so difficult to 
differentiate, but it does come by practice and by contact, as Estelle maintain, mentioned. So probably that's the only option I can think of. But other than that, I'm not too sure how to handle the sensitivity issue. Okay. We have Is, five hands raised. Yeah, and five I, hands raised. Okay. Is that good <laughs> enough, uh, Estelle? Yes, I wanted to ask you. I thought the passage was yeah. uh, the cell was after the indicator was two, three, five, six. And I think you said it was four, five, six. And I wondered if that has changed. No, it has not changed. You know, uh, you are so right. I mixed with uh, my, my, my fault. Now, it should be dots two, three, five, six. Yes, you're so right. And Thank I'm you, so sorry for this big error I made. Uh, I should not have done it. I'm sorry. Yes, it is dots two, three, five, six. Correct. That makes sure probably because like I got mixed with my old, you know, knowledge of old Braille and uh, UEB Braille. I call it old Braille, which is eBay. Anyway, uh, yes, you're right, Estelle. I'm wrong. Okay, let's see next hand. Camilla, you may unmute. I'm sorry, I had a question on another matter. Thank you. Oh, okay. yeah, we can take it later. Thank you. Next one. If you have any comment about the explanation given or any correction as Estelle made or anything to say about type forms in UEB, please continue. Yes. Marsha is next. Marsha, you may unmute. Okay, I think you can hear me now. Yes. Um, I, ha I have a question because um, I don't understand um, about pins down and pins up. My husband thinks that pins down means that you're using your stylus going down and pins up means you're doing the stylus from the bottom. And I said, that's impossible. And um, so what does pins up and pins down mean and what are the advantages to each? Oh, no, that's a different question. Definitely we will take. If you don't have time this Thursday, you may have to postpone it to the next. Uh, but if you have anything to say about type forms, uh, so oh. we will take the next person. Okay. We do not take questions all together. You know, we, we focus okay. on one question and when it is done, we'll take next question. Okay. okay? Uh -huh. Thank you. Who's Dawn, next? you may unmute. Dawn? Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Can you hear yes. me? Okay. Sorry. Yes. Um, so I've got a way to kind of remember the um, bold type uh, type or mm -hmm. at least the word, at least the word stuff. So, um, so the bold thing itself, when you think about it, it's, it's a backwards B it's flip-flopped. It, it's just flip-flop because the B one, two, but the bold is uh, uh, four five. So um, the same thing with the word, it's a flip-flop letter sign. Uh, Great uh, grade one indicator. Um, so the it's five six letter sign, and then you know. But if it's a word, it's it's lower B. So it it's just kind of flip flop. That's the way that I kind of remember the bold the bold uh, word and um, like the bold indicator. So <laughs> if you can find little things like that to help you remember stuff, if and I know helps. you said not to do braille, 
I know you said not to do braille by shapes, but sometimes what I tell people when I, when I'm explaining braille or when I'm doing different things. So like H is just, you know, if it's a J, it's just a flip-flop letter H or, you know, this, you know, an F is a flip, flip-flop letter D. It's just the, so that's, that's kind of what I would say to people. If you're, if you're struggling with that, try and do it that way. Correct. So let me add something here. Uh, yeah, it looks like backward B, as you call it. Or sometimes, <laughs> you know, people call dots two, three as lower B. But some people are confused about, you know, remembering different Bs. So if it helps you, my listeners here, uh, remembering backward B or lower B as uh, uh, necessary, then that's fine. Otherwise, just remember the dot numbers. Remembering the dot number is the best option, of course. I'm not saying what Don says is not right. I'm only saying that for some people it is convenient, for some people it's not. Okay, okay. great. Thanks. Next one. Area code 808. You may unmute and identify yourself, please. Oh, hi. This is Debbie. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I accidentally cut myself off from this call a few minutes ago. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know if um, somebody mentioned this, but I believe for a passage indicator, um, it's a drop G, um, two, three, five, six. Uh, not four, five, six, as you mentioned. Um, I don't know if anybody mentioned that. So like uh, a bold passage would be dot four, five, and then that's two, three, five, six. Two, three, five, six. Yeah, that correction has been made. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry about that. Okay. Thank you. Okay. We'll go to Rick, next. You are next. You may unmute. Yes. Oh, he lowered his hand. Rick. <laughs> there we go. There you oh, are. Oh, you lowered your own hand. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Don't lower before you yeah. talk. Okay. Um, by the way, Feline, uh, your explanation of the uh, special typeface things was far better than what I would have offered. Um, <laughs> Thank and you. As, as for the passage indicator, what's the matter? Are you human or something? Anyway, uh, there is also a script indicator, uh, which is dot four, uh, to go with the bold or italics or what have you. And it's the same convention. You know, the, as for a, a letter, a word, and a passage, uh, the second character is your two three or two or two three five six, five, six yes. uh, but the first character is a dot four to indicate a uh, an item in a script. Mm -hmm. But the uh, the other thing for folks that are used to eBay that might be a little confusing is for italics in eBay a passage had to be more than three words, and in UEB it's three or more words. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. So three words qualifies as a passage in UEB, but it didn't in EBAE. Perfect. Thank you for this accurate information. We are we're so blessed to have such a resourceful person as Rick. Appreciate it. Okay. Alan is next. Yes. Buzz, if you want to practice feeling the difference on a separate card, create the letter H and write below it do the four, five, and the letter, and the dot two. And then you can feel the difference between the spacing right above each other or put it, do another one 
a four or five and a dot two to the right of it so you can feel the difference in the spacing and that might help you practice those spacing for those items over. wow what a great suggestion alan thank you so much i'm pretty sure it is useful for many many people so thank writing, you for that writing helps. next could he repeat that spacing exercise i will let alan repeat yes go ahead yes on a separate piece of paper create the letter h and then right below it in the same right underneath it do the four five and dot two and then you can also do on the first line next to it the four five dot two so you can feel it on the same line and then you can feel a difference between it you know, from one line to the other then you can kind of feel that spacing between the cells and between the columns over interesting thank you okay okay jewel yeah this is jewel um yes, i wanted to caution against using a uh, backwards or flip-flop or reverse um for uh -huh. some people that works but other people that will get them very confused especially with these slates and stylus because if you're saying the f is the mm. backwards of the d and then the slate is the backwards of regular then what's the backwards of the backwards? So it's going to confuse <laughs> people. Um, so for some people, it works just fine, but I would caution against teaching that because some people get very confused with that. You're right. That's exactly what I said too, but uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned slate and stylus, where yeah, everything it, is backward and forward anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. good. Yeah, so okay. like my, yeah. my Braille teacher told me, the slate does not do the backwards. It goes right to left instead of left to right. It's not backwards. Correct. So, again, for many people, I think remembering the dot numbers is the best option. Uh, however, as I said, if it helps you remember, then call it backward B or backward C. Or, no, there's no C anyway. Lower B or, you know, whatever helps. Okay. All right. There are so, no more hands. No more hands. Thank you, Terry. And uh, the second question I had was from Linda Pai. So, Linda, are you here? I know you. Are. I am here. Yeah. Yes, I am. And you have some question about CBC, which is Computer Braille Code, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, Just I tell, did. Tell and us what it is. Well, I was very interested when you mentioned that uh, the difference between eBay and UEB was just basically 5%. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, how? What's do you have a percentage of what the difference between CBC and UEB or eBay is? Because um, I'm, I've got the uh, e-reader from the NLS, and the Zoomax has a lot of computer Braille code in it. And I'm wondering... How often am I going to get tripped up by that strange code, or is it going to be a piece of cake? So that's uh, now you said uh, the uh, the computer code you you find it in what what uh, apparatus? It's the it's the e-reader from the National Library Service. Oh really? Uh, the, yeah. yeah. I yeah, I, I checked with my California uh, library service. And they said they have not received the shipment yet. And when they will receive oh. the whole shipment, they will start sending. So anyway, uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, I have no idea so far about that e-reader. But that's a good point. And what makes me wonder that in 2022, the 
library service gives you an equipment and that reads cbc computer braille code that yes. is something kind of Jewel, unbelievable. i think might be able to answer that because her hand went right up <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Julia, may unmute. I have the same e-reader, the NLS. Uh, well, I think you have the humanware e-reader, yes? Uh -huh. No. Yeah. See, you if you have the humanware, I have the ZoomX. Okay. So, there's, so that, but the they CBC may be different internally. Yeah, the CBC is uh, no. going to be the same for both of them. So on that, the CBC is going to be more useful for like email addresses, HTML, <clears throat> um, stuff that you would find only on the computer. Um, but if you wanted to learn CBC so you can use it on there, um, you can find books on computer Braille. In fact, if you go to sharebraille.org, they have quite a few CBC books on there for teaching it. Um, and that is free. Um, so you can get it and then you could donate it back if you don't want to keep it. Um, and they'll send that off to you. Um, also, if you are not aware a cord and the letter G will switch it between the different types of Braille, uncontracted, contracted, and computer Braille. So if you yes. get stuck in computer Braille, you can switch it back by hitting the space bar and the letter G. Even that though you are using, even though you're using uncontracted Braille in the e-reader, you still get computer Braille in certain mm -hmm. circumstances. The colon right. is number one. Well, the numbers are always, even though I'm in, even though I've got it in uncontracted Braille, the numbers are definitely still in computer Braille. Hmm, hmm. that's so awesome. that like I use the contracted Braille, and I don't get the lowered numbers like you would in computer Braille. Um, well, on you've there. got the hum you've got the humanware device. They have different I, software. Yeah, I would reach out to your library and ask them specifically about that because I don't think it's supposed to be doing that. Okay, Jody, so, we have Jody a couple more call? hands. Yeah. We have yeah, a couple sorry. more hands. Rick may be able to answer that. Uh, let let me up. specify a couple of things before we take the next hand. Uh, you said there are more hands raised? Or yes, no? sir. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let me see what time it is. Uh, is it? Uh, it is now yeah. 46 after okay. the hour. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, uh, it's great uh, uh, to know about other resources where you can uh, know or learn about uh, computer braille code, which was used when we did not have UEB. Uh, however, to just make it simple, uh, the computer code, uh, whenever, you know, when you are reading uh, some book or some story or anything, and suddenly in between the sentence or in between the uh, paragraph, if a computer code occurs in uh, old system, uh, there is a sign called dots four, five, six, and then dots three, four, six. So that is a CBC indicator. And then when the CBC, that is computer braille code is over, uh, then they use dots four, five, six, and dots one, five, six. So when you, if you remember these two symbols, then you know that uh, that's how CBC is indicated in between during the reading. Other than that, there aren't many changes except, one second, my computer is interrupting me. 
Okay, mm -hmm. too much of automation. It started reading some email that dropped in my box. Anyway, uh, going back to that, um, in the CBC, all Braille is written uncontracted. So there are no contractions used. Ah. However, in UEB, which does not use any com computer Braille indicator, the contractions are used. So um, for some people, it is convenient to have some indication that CBC start, that the computer uh, code starts. And for some people, it's OK. Uh, by experience, those who designed UEB came to the conclusion that we do not need any indicator because uh, there are already some kind of indicators in UEB itself. Uh, in, in, no, no, not, not UEB myself. In the uh, computer codes. For example, if they are giving you some email address, there is always an at sign. Mm -hmm. So any code that includes the at sign in the middle of the uh, word or uh, between the words, then that means it is an email address. You do not need dots four, five, six, dot three, four, six to indicate that the computer code starts now. Similarly, if it's a website, then almost all websites of the world ad web, web addresses start with www. So when you're reading something and suddenly you come across www and then there are other signs like colon and slash and this and that, that means it is a computer code. You do not need special indicators as the computer braille code used to have it. So it is not a lot to learn. Just if you are, if you encounter computer braille code, then two symbols, dots four, five, six and dots three, four, six, to begin with, and at the end, dots four five six and dots one five six. Those are the indicators, beginning and end. And do not have to, you do not have to find any meaning out of that. Other than that, the whole thing is written in uncontracted Braille. So you don't need to learn anything else for the computer code. I mean, there are other things, several, some other things, but basically these are the things as you if you would remember, you don't have to worry much about Linda. Okay. That is excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. We have three more hands raised. Three more hands. Let's take them. Debbie. Uh, please, those who are raising hands now, please be sure <clears throat> to say anything about computer Braille code. Say your, say your things related to the question on the floor. Yes. Who is this? Debbie, you may unmute. Debbie from... Debbie is not okay. We are, oh. we, yes. Okay. Are you yeah, Debbie? Yes. There you are. I'm are you Debbie from yes. Hawaii? I am. Yes. Hi. Okay. Aloha. <laughs> um, but regarding the computer braille and the Zoomax e-reader, okay, there's the one of the differences between the humanware e-reader, which I love, and the Zoomax e-reader, which I can't stand, is that when you have to enter your passcode or your um, your email to get into the uh, to download Bard books or to download NFB Newsline uh, magazines or papers, 
um, in the Zoom app. Uh, Debbie, you, you are breaking a lot, so I'm not sure. Oh, sorry. If others can come closer to the um, come closer to the mic, Debbie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh -huh. Is this better? You um, you yes. Have, in the Zoom app, you have to use computer Braille to enter passcodes and emails to get into Bard or NFB Newsline. But in the humanware, they while they have computer Braille as an option, you never ever need it. Okay. All right. Thank you. Estelle, you're next. You may unmute. Thank you. Uh, yes. Since the NLS is using, it sounds like, two different machines uh, as their yeah. e-reader, do they include instructions that would tell you about that so you would know if to be looking for the computer Braille, or is it just you just have to guess on your own? Thank you. you. Have to, mm -hmm. Right now, you have to guess on your own. <laughs> it's pretty disturbing. <laughs> Oh, it is. Yeah. And then but there's Joel. She's the last one. Yes. Um, Delane. On this question. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. I misunderstood the question. Um, the computer braille that is used on the e-reader is an eight dot cell, um, which would then put like your um, capitalization under your letter. Um, it's a little different from the, the braille used for web addresses and email addresses. Um, but the thing still stands for like computer braille code. If you wanted to learn the symbols for that, um, for like email addresses and URLs and such, um, you can get those books of um, just look for books about computer braille. Um, and I'm sure there's websites about that too, if you Google. Um, but I know I looked at sharebraille.org and they definitely have those books that they can just send out to you. And it's, it's all the extra symbols. Okay. And we have two more hands raised again. Okay. So I'll just add uh, my uh, little more, uh, um, uh, you know, my, uh, okay, my view. Yeah. Uh, but let's not forget that the computer braille code has been dropped. It's not yeah. in use. However, if the e-reader is using it, uh, I don't know why. But otherwise, other than that, of course, if when you order a book in braille, which was published before 2016, yes, you will still mm -hmm. get computer braille code. And as I said before, mm -hmm. if you just remember two symbols, the beginning indicator and end indicator, yeah. and other than that, there isn't much to learn. It's all simple. I'm trying okay. to simplify. Okay. All right. Let's see who is the next one. Debbie from Hawaii. Hi. Yeah, uh -huh. um, yeah. So the, you know, the Zoomax. I don't know why they still insist on using you. I mean, a computer Braille for certain things. It's made in Germany, uh, whereas Humanware, where, where, where is Humanware made? They're made. Are they made in Canada? Or I don't know. Anyway, but um, but okay. every e-reader has a user guide built into it. So there is a user guide on the device. You just have to find out where it is, and then you can read uh, Sorry, it wasn't mm, much right. better. But if others could understand, Debbie, that's yes, fine. Yes, we could understand I it. had a hard time. But the... Yeah, she, she was, oh, she was yes, telling yes. us that it was yes. um, that 
there is a user guide that's inside that oh, you could okay. yeah. that you could mm -hmm. look as well. Oh, thank you so much, Debbie, for bringing that up. Interesting. Okay, Alan, you're next. Yes. Yes. There's a if there's a special characters page usually at the front of the book. Check those out before you start reading because they may show that in there, and you're only going to see the that character like Blaine said for books written in EBAE. There probably will not be anything there afterwards because they don't use it in UEB. Over. Oh, okay. Well, that the, helps. The, the reason I know that the Zoomax is using Comprita Braille is when you look at to see how much the percentage of the battery is left, it gives it to you in Computer Braille, which is the dropped numeric letters. I was looking for the number sign. I could never find it. Uh-huh. Oh, that... that uh... It's disturbing. Oh, but <laughs> were there numbers? Sometimes they don't use number sign uh, when it is uh, kind of understood, uh, when it is given that these are the numbers, you know, like when they show the percentage uh, on computer, how much percentage of mm -hmm. uploading has been done or uh, uh, downloading has been done, or, you know, sometimes they mm -hmm. don't use the number sign. So sometimes, ultimately, it is the context. As far as you understand it by the context, don't mm -hmm. have to worry about the rules. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Anybody else uh, about this? Doesn't appear to be unless Alan did want to say something because his hand went up, down, up, down. So oh, I don't okay, know if he thought okay. he didn't know sometimes if his hand was raised him. or not. Yeah. <laughs> let's, 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 let's check with Alan again. It's not Alan, him. Did you it's want to a say technology. Anything? Yeah. I was just checking to see if I, my hand was lowered. So that's oh, what okay. I was doing. Oh, no. So let's, let, let's tell everybody, you don't have to worry about lowering your hands. Uh, we have our friend Terry who does that. So when you're done asking, she makes it, she lowers it. Right, Terry? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So don't worry about right. lowering your hand. Just worry about raising your hand. And that's good enough. Okay? Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So... Now, we probably don't have much time left, but let's see how much time we have. Two minutes, I think. Two minutes to the hour, to the top of the hour. Okay. All right. So, uh, I don't like to disappoint people. So let's take one more question, and we may not thoroughly discuss that. Uh, um, Camilla I'm raised not... her hand. Yeah. And we'll take only one. The first who raises is her hand, Okay. You may uh, let me, there you go. Yes, Camila, go ahead. I was talking with some other people who also use Braille, and uh, we were discussing how you would write like an apartment number where you have a letter, or a, I'm sorry, a number followed by a capital letter. And we have mm -hmm. divided opinions. One group of people says that it would be the numeric indicator then mm -hmm. the number, then the capital sign, then um, the letter. Mm -hmm. And the other people say that no, uh, even if it is a letter that could be mistaken as a, uh, number. a number, mm -hmm. it has to be... Uh, letter sign, letter indicator. They were saying that if it was a letter that could be mistaken as a number, you don't need to have the letter sign because the capital sign clearly indicates that it is mm -hmm. 
capitalized and you can't capitalize a number and the numeric indicator says that you can't have a contraction uh, after the numeric indicator. Okay. Whereas uh, the other group was saying that you have to have the numeric indicator, mm. the number, uh, the letter indicator, the capital sign, and then the letter. Could you tell us which okay. is correct? Okay. All right. So let's take some example. Give us some number like uh, uh, 5B or 7A. Or which, which one you would like to take as an example? 5B will be fine. Thank you. 5B. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. I would write it num numeric indicator 5 and then capital sign B. Uh, as far as the letter indicator is concerned, or what they call grade one indicator, or you know, we used to call it letter sign. Uh, I am pretty sure there are several rules, and then there are exceptions, and then there are uh, exceptions to exceptions. So it is so difficult to really uh, come with a uniform pattern about writing the letter sign or the letter indicator. Uh, uh, the UEB code is quite clear, but still it is confusing for most people, including myself. So I think when you use a capital sign, you don't need a letter sign. That's the bottom line. But let's see, we'll use five minutes and let people uh, also give their answers. So please raise your hand if you have knowledge about using or not using letter sign when there is a number and letter. Rick has his hand raised. You may unmute. Yes, Rick. There we are. Uh, you have it exactly right, Valene. Yes. Uh, the capital indicator uh, does uh, terminate the numeric mode. So yeah, you do not need the extra letter sign. Uh, if it's a lowercase a or b, that's different. Uh, then you do need it. But if it's either a capital, any letter, or a um, letter that cannot be mistaken for a, a number like t, um, you do not need, I mean, the, yeah, you do not need a letter sign. Yes. Um, let's see, I another point. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the only characters that don't, and, and yeah, and that's right too. You cannot use contractions after in numeric mode. Yes. So yes. you pretty much covered it, Pauline. I did. Thank you so much, and thank you for confirming what I said. Okay. And we have three more hands raised. Uh, okay. So all three, please take no more than one minute, each one. Okay. Yes. Okay, Debbie, Hawaii. Debbie, Gabe. Hi. Um. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you're right. That's what the rule says. The um, UEB uh, rules, one of the rules for numeric mode, the capital sign ends the numeric mode. Okay. Thank okay. You so if much. the capital. Yes. If the capital sign uh, ends numeric mode, then how do you know that that isn't a word after uh, the numeric indicator and the number and the capital sign? Because if you're out of new, if you're out of uh, numeric mode, then you don't know whether you're dealing with a word or uh, a letter. That doesn't matter. You know, see the the question here is uh, con the concern here is to get confused between the numbers and letters that are 
used. I mean, they, they are same. For instance, uh, let's say your apartment number is 5E. So the dot numbers for 5 and dot numbers for E are same. How do we know that E is E and not 5? Because of the capital sign. The capital indicator terminates the effect of the numeric indicator. So the if we read five, write, I mean write phi E, that's numeric indicator, letter E, and then capital sign, letter E. That reads phi E. Does that make sense? I understand that, Professor, but what yeah. if you have something like two C, where it could also be two can that somebody has uh, is playing around with? The C would be read as a can or could be. So you wouldn't know whether it was 2C or 2CAN. Uh, okay, so tell me your example again. Is it 3C? No, 2C, where you could have the, the number 2 followed by a C, or you could also have 2 followed by CAN, and the combination 2CAN uh, is the name of a bird. Uh, I'm not sure. Let's see if anybody else. We can do have four hands. We have five yeah. hands raised. Oh my God, Scott Edwards. Okay. You may unmute. Okay, uh, I was just going to say. Well, first of all, I was just, I was just going to say um, that uh, that you you would also not need the letter sign that's five six if it were if if the letters were from K through Z because they're not the digit letters i guess i'd call them a through j represent one through zero when you're talking about when you when you when you follow them or when you proceed them with a numeric with a number sign so mm -hmm. k through z would not would not be necessary to use the letter sign also well this can business first of all the word can would only would only be indicated if it, if the word if it were if the letter itself were standing on its own, nothing, you know, space on both sides or a capital letter or, you know, beginning with a capital sign or, you know, you know in other words, I'm sorry, follow, preceded by a capital sign or followed by a punctuation mark, like the beginning of a sentence. Can you do this? You know, uh, or, but you can go, you know, can and then. Uh, that that's you, it, when it's by itself with spaces on both sides. That's that means it's the word can. If it's not by itself, it's you know if it's if it's written together with something else, it's the letter C. Debbie Gabe. <laughs> Debbie Gabe, you're on mute. Well, you were unmuted. Let me see. Now we you're can... muted, Debbie. <laughs> okay, well, let's go to next. By the time we get Debbie back, Jewel, you're next. Oh, yes, oh, Jewel. Sorry, this is Debbie. There's Debbie. Oh, Debbie. Yes, okay. Debbie. Yes. yes. Hi. Please be quick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah. The only thing I was going to say is that B for but, C for can, all those alphabetic word signs. The primary rule is they have to be standing alone, so you would not use can it would not be can if it was uh number two capital sign c could never be the word can because it's not standing alone 
I think it's much more by the context. Yeah, I just wanted to add um, yes, two yes. things real quick. Um, uh -huh. So if you had the letter two, the number two and then can, it would have to be spelled out. Like people were mentioning can, the, com the contraction can only be by itself. But if, for example, you had a um, contraction that you wanted to use after number, it most of them would not be possible because they have to be either beginning or end of a word. Um, like, for example, um, con, C-O-N, can only be at the beginning of a word. Um, the T-I-O-N can only be at the end of the word, things like that. So those rules are very important. Okay, and then next we have um, area code 585. Please unmute and identify yourself. That should be Hannah. Hannah, okay, yes, thank you. How are you, Hannah? Yes, I am. Yes. Yes, please. Okay, the only thing I could add to this is the letter, you don't need the grade one indicator because the letter, even if numeric mode ends, the letter is still part of the same symbol sequence. I hope I'm using the right terminology. That makes uh -huh. sense, yes. You have 5E or something, it's still part of the same symbol sequence. Symbol sequence, yes. That's the word. Yeah, go ahead. And then mm -hmm. Rick is after that, yeah. and that's it. Rick? There we go. Uh, you all are correct. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, about the alphabetic signs. But there's an additional protection, too. And mm -hmm. that even covers T-I-O-N case. It's not going to be 2 and then T-I-O-N if you have dot five six then N, simply because you're not allowed to use contractions at all in numeric mode. So if you want to say 2 and then T-I-O-N, you have to write out your T-I-O-N. Uh, same even goes for simple things like TH and ST, which is why you can't write third, I mean fourth as number sign for TH sign like you could in EBAE. You have to write out number sign for TH. So you're not going to get caught in that trap. Good, good, good. So let me put it in different words, and Rick, you may confirm. Uh, we are talking about a symbol sequence. And if a symbol sequence starts with a numeric indicator, and then if you, let's say, for instance, if you have a numeric indicator, letter C, which means three, then capital sign or indicator, and then C, which means letter C and not the word can, because in the symbol sequence that starts with numeric indicator, you cannot use contractions. So C is Professor not. Yes. Yes, Camilla. Uh, I understand what you're saying, but you've mm -hmm. also said that after uh, the numeric indicator after the, and the number, when you use the capital sign, you have terminated the power of the numeric indicator. So how can it be both in force and not in force at the same time? Okay, let's see what Rick has to say. Rick? Okay. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. numeric mode, that, that's a good one. If you have a, a capital yeah. A and then you want to use a contraction, I'm not sure. I think you still have to have a space before you can use any contractions. That's that's a good question. It's a uh, really the intelligent question. Mode of I think that's pretty, pretty 
right though that you you cannot use any contractions till there's a space or punctuation mark or something. So yeah. space. Jewel yeah. has her hand raised then too. Uh oh, how many? Just one, Jewel. Okay, okay, Jewel. So yeah, so yes. if you have a numeric symbol at the beginning, the number sequence ends, but the symbol sequence does not. Therefore, if the number sign is at the beginning of the symbol sequence, it is still a symbol sequence. The number sign is negated, but the symbol sequence continues until a space. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> Very good. Thank Camilla. you. Camilla. Yeah. You know, as I said in the beginning, that the, the rules regarding a letter sign or letter indicators are really, really complicated. But you raise very intelligent questions and sometimes even confusing. No, it's because not that your questions are confusing. The rules are confusing. But anyway, did you get some answer to your question, Camilla? Yes, I think so. Thank okay. You. Okay. Thank you so much. I think with that, I would like to wrap up today's session. Um, I know that people have questions. So please email me your questions or uh, come prepared with the questions and we will take it on the second Thursday of the month of May. So until then, please hold on uh, because every second Saturday, second Thursday of a month, we have a question answer session. Okay, so if you want to email it, you can email it at info at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org. So once again, info at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org. With that, I would like to wrap up today's session, but not before thanking everybody for actively participating for people who raise questions, for people who answer. And the last but not least, our host, Terry Nettles, who did a superb job. Great job. Thank you so much, Terry. And we will have you once again next week also. So I hope to see you all next week. Until then, you all enjoy your week and the weekend. And meet you next Thursday. Bye now. This is Willine. Thank Shah. you very much.